Welcome to an episode of Find Your Voice, a movement led by yours truly, Aaron Dew, a guy who has overcome crippling anxiety, adversity, and difficulty like so many of you in life, whose main goal now is to help you combat your excuses, take control of your life, write your own story, and most importantly, find your voice. So now, without further ado, I welcome the host of the show himself, Mr. Aaron Dew. What's going on, people? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Find Your Voice. My name is Aaron, and as always, I am the host of this show. So today, I am delighted to be able to bring to you Winston Clements on the show. Now, Winston is a keynote speaker, a TEDx speaker, a trainer in resilience, diversity, and inclusion, and he's also on a mission to inspire a hell of a lot of people. But what I loved about his story was just his authenticity and just how happy he is. And you're going to listen to this story and halfway through you're going to be smiling to yourself and you're going to be giggling along with myself and Winston because he's just an infectious person. He's authentic, he's honest, but he's also been through a hell of a lot of adversity. So if you want to ever learn from somebody who has been through absolute incredible amounts of trauma yet still perseveres, still goes out there and achieves their dreams, then this is the episode for you. So I think that's enough rambling for me. I think we need to hear from this incredible human being and learn all of the lessons that he so kindly shared with us today. So without further ado, let's get this interview on the way. Okay, I'm delighted to have Winston on the show today. We've just had a very, very interesting brief conversation prior to the show and he's somebody actually that I reached out to a few months ago actually because I heard his episode and it really resonated with me for somebody with such a incredible mindset and somebody who's built resilience through the trials and tribulations that he's been through so Winston welcome to the show how are you doing today yeah thank you so much for having me Aaron uh, doing great and I'm looking forward to chatting to you you're very welcome thank you for coming on the show so obviously I know a little bit about you so I've been kind of following your journey for the last two or three months obviously when I first heard your story but I think it'll be really useful for the listeners of the show to get an inkling about your life, about your story, and maybe what brings you here today and find your voice. Yeah, cool. Uh, So I guess to kind of start at the beginning, uh, maybe the obvious thing about me is I was was born with a condition known as brittle bones disorder. Mm -hmm. And what the condition meant was basically, Aaron, I have these bones that break quite easily. Um, And I think we worked it out that by the age of 12, I've broken around 150 bones. Um, which is not fun. I don't know if you've broken a bone, Aaron, but I have. Unfortunately, I've just touched wood on the on the side here. Yeah, please touch wood, and anyone listening, please touch wood. <laughs> Absolutely, that's the first <laughs> lesson for the show. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's not a fun place to be. Um, and and then it also affected my my growth as well. So, um, you know, if if you've seen images of me uh, or video, then you'll notice that I'm quite small. I'm probably about three and a half feet. I use a wheelchair. Um, so, so I guess my initial part of my life, my childhood, mm-hmm. was uh, coloured mostly by that, uh, I guess you could call it physical trauma. Um, from pretty much, um, on average, breaking a bone every month or every other month. Wow. So it was really uh, tough times. Um, but for me, even tougher than that was on the mental side um, because I've always... Um, I've always, well, you've heard my episode with Dave and you probably followed me a little bit, but I'm quite, I consider myself to be quite social. I like to get to know people. I like to get involved, um, which is a bit hard to do when you're kind of lying in bed with a broken arm and a broken leg, uh, watching your friends um, playing in the playground or doing whatever normal children do. Um, So for me, that was even tougher, uh, you know, thinking, am I ever, you know, going to have a normal childhood? And in fact, Am I ever going to have a normal life? Um, because I've got all of these things that I want to participate in, but I haven't got the body that allows me to take part in the way that I would like. Um, and, and then just to skip a bit and we can kind of come back and dive into things. Um, so, so yeah, I went to school. Um, initially, you know, again, had a bit of a struggle because I didn't really feel like I was able to get involved as much as I'd like to, but mm-hmm. kind of got through that stuff. Uh, made loads of friends. Um, a lot of my friends today are actually people who I met, you know, throughout the school system. Um, so I've been really fortunate to have like a, a loyal and amazing group of friends who, who also gave me that push as well. Um, because I think you need that sometimes. Absolutely. And I think we're all, 
Yeah, it's very it's a very easy trap to fall into, uh, feeling sorry for yourself, and especially when you feel like you're not, you know, when you're not living the life that you want to live, uh, whether it's me as a child in school or, you know, anyone who might be listening to this right now. Um, and then again, just jumping a bit, went to uni, uh, studied computer science, um, and then I came out and I worked for global corporations um, in IT. Um, so I did that. Did kind of did the consultancy life for uh, almost ten years, uh, showing my age now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, yes, I did that. Worked with global corporations in IT. Did the whole consultant consulting travel thing. Really enjoyed it. But I think it got to a point in my life where I guess I'd always had an intuition that I I needed to make a bigger impact. I mean, yeah, I was having a good career. I was, you know, seen as someone who was successful um mm-hmm. i guess in society's eyes it's like whoa winston that little guy in a wheelchair you know he's gone to uni he's you know he now works for big companies he gets to travel you know so like in everybody else's eyes you know i was doing quite well mm. but i think internally i knew that i had more to give and then i kind of stumbled by accident on something called toastmasters yeah which yeah which you probably heard of mm-hmm. um and, you know, for anyone listening, it's just a public speaking meetup where it's a small group and you have an opportunity to practice your presentation skills, which was which was something I was interested in at the time because I was having to do more presentations at work. And to be honest, I sucked at it. So I thought this Toastmasters thing and see if I can get a bit better. But then what happened was in that period of my Toastmasters journey, I, I obviously get to talk on a number of different topics and and for me, it was natural to talk about my own story. And then when I started doing that, I actually got connected with a mentor who said, hey, Winston, I think you should actually take your story onto a bigger platform. Initially, I was like, nope, not doing that. Scary. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and um, yeah, I kind of fast forward. I eventually ended up doing a TED talk, which was really well received. Um, so I had a bunch of people in my network share it. And then that almost kicked off this second career for me, which is as a motivational speaker, because I then had organizations, I had, you know, various events and even, you know, requests for interviews uh, from amazing people like yourself come up to me and, and want to know my story. And, and what I realized was that I've, I've, I'm actually quite comfortable sharing my story because I believe that there are a few lessons in there which are transferable to to anyone who's faced any kind of trauma or challenge, which I believe covers every single person in the world. You know, no, nobody has a life that is all plain sailing. So, yeah, so hopefully we can dive into some of that and people can get some value. Absolutely. Wow. Firstly, I want to start on the stuff that I can relate to. So yeah. I was in the IT sector a little bit similar to yourself and I had a similar kind of intuition using your words that I needed to make a bigger impact. But when you said Toastmasters, I kind of smiled because Toastmasters, I joined in February this year because I was like, if I'm sitting here telling everyone to find their voice, I almost have to practice what I preach. So I put myself out there and Funnily enough, one of the best speeches, actually one of the best speech on one of the days was when I spoke about the adversity in my life. And I realized storytelling and sometimes speaking about the trauma in our lives, that's where the magic is and that's where the lessons are. So I think almost indirectly you were forced to build this kind of resilience, even Mm. though obviously at that time you probably didn't want that to happen, which is interesting. And then one of the bits that really kind of touched my heart was when you, you questioned, am I ever going to have this normal life? And I want to ask about that now, because obviously you're in a place now where, I I mean, I follow you on Instagram, I look at your stuff on LinkedIn and you're smiling, you're you're making people laugh in the crowd. I feel like you're in your element. You've gone from being someone who says he was crap at presentations to now being a TED speaker, which is absolutely fantastic. Are you fulfilled? Are you happy? Is there anything you would change right now? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a good question. I think, um, so in in that first phase of my life when I graduated and you know did computer science and I went into working in IT um, in that time if you'd asked me if this is exactly what I wanted to be doing the answer would have been yes um, I felt really fulfilled I I still knew I still always had this burning intuition that I wanted to do something big but because I didn't know what it was and at that time I was working in IT I thought oh it must be something to do with IT um, so 
if you'd asked me, I'd have probably thought of myself as someone who was going to invent something or build some kind of software package that solves a big problem. Um, but then after sort of staying in that industry and space for a time, I actually realized, nah, this isn't it. You know, it, it, it just, yeah, something wasn't, I was still feeling a little bit unfulfilled, not unhappy, but just feeling like I still wasn't yeah. hitting my sweet spot. Um, and then now, um, with what I'm doing, like you say, what I realized is, I mean, initially I was so afraid of public speaking, which is, I'm sure, something many people relate to because mm-hmm. pan is number one fear in the world, uh, even more than death. Absolutely, yeah, which is incredible. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think initially there was that fear, but I think when I started telling my story a little bit like yourself, mm. um, because I think one thing that jumped out at me actually, and this might resonate with, with yourself and others, is we take our own stories for granted. Um because, you know, it's it's Winston's story, but I'm Winston. So to me, that's really, really boring because I've lived it, right? Yeah. Uh, and, you know, same for you. It's your story. And you're thinking, ah, who's going to want to hear that, right? But like you say in, in your words, um, you know, that is where the magic happens because there is no other Winston Clemens. There is no other Aaron. And so because our journeys are so unique, that's where you can actually pull out, you know, those takeaways that are really specific and helpful to people and it also gives you that credibility because people know um, and I think you've touched on this it's not just something you haven't read about resilience in a textbook or gone to a webinar for it Um, it's something that you've lived and now you you package I mean we're all talking about the same thing resilience is resilience but it's how you package it so if I package resilience using Winston's take on it um, it then becomes you know something that that is really useful because it gives people a different perspective um, and resonates on that emotional level, which is what us, us as humans need in order to feel like we're ready to to shift uh, from what we've been doing. So, so yeah. Absolutely. Perfectly put there. I think, um, you know, we spoke about this just before we started the show. I want to give people as many different perspectives as possible because mm. Winston's story might only resonate with two, three people. But that's the beauty of podcasting and sharing your story. And it's about finding your own community that can resonate with you. There's probably somebody here now who's had an injury, for example. Like, and actually, if I, if I think back to one of my biggest adversities i never broke a bone but it was an injury that that stopped um, one of the key parts of my life so at some level i resonate a lot with the pain that you were going through as a child and you hit the nail on the head there where you says we all find our own stories mundane we think yeah. ah, it's just exclusive to us but sometimes it's not and sometimes but just by sharing that and letting people know that they're not alone in the struggles that they're going through it almost gives you a bit of hope and sense mm-hmm. and i don't want that to kind of i don't want listeners to think I'm happy when I see somebody go through adversity. But what I am happy is that when you see someone go through it, but then come out on the other side and then feel fulfilled like yourself, it's like, listen, it's possible for you as well. And that's kind of where I really want to take, obviously find your voice. And Mm. just on that, um, the burning intuition. So I just want to quickly touch on this before we move over to the next part of the show is you knew you you wanted something big. And I I don't know if, if it's, a recent thing but I've always felt that as well myself but I've always like I said I've always been too shy to kind of do it now do you want to just quickly tell the listeners that I know you want to inspire a hell of a lot of people it's a huge mm. number I know the number if you could just give us a little <laughs> bit of insight in, into that because I want obviously people listening to this to obviously follow the journey I think as a community and if we all have the same kind of values and ethics and so if we can all try and help each other to try and help you do that incredible thing that you're looking to do uh, yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, so so my big uh, my big mission is, you know, I want to help one billion people mm. un- unleash their full human potential. Um, and I always get the question, why one billion? Um, in fact, I had one of my mentors say to me, "Are you sure a billion is a big, big number? Do you want to start with a million, maybe?" Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I mean, for me, it's it's a case of I, I needed to set a goal that excites me and you know that that number or that metric or whatever you use to measure um the goal is going to be different things to different people for me it's a billion and i think this again goes back to my childhood when i always believed i wanted i had this intuition that i was going to achieve something big and i think now that i've thought about it more as an adult i've realized for me 
what I was trying to say was that I, I wanted to be world class at something. Mm, um, I love that. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know what that thing would be, but for me, big now that I think back meant on a global level. Um, and so to kind of bring it back forward to today, um, a million, yeah, big number, but not global. Uh, you know, there's eight million people in London, so you haven't even conquered a city, right, by going to one million. Uh, so, but a billion, if 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 anybody has an impact or a billion clients for their business, then you're definitely a global company. Absolutely. Uh, you, <laughs> you're definitely a Facebook or you're definitely a, you know, a, a Google or something like that. Yeah, so for me, I think it ties in well with my, I guess, my long-held ambition of being world-class. And then it also makes it more than about Winston because my purpose is to, like I said, to help that number of people. And it's something that keeps me going, even on the days when I'm not particularly, you know, feeling energized or, you know, feeling like oh, I'm in the mood to do this. Because then you realize, actually, you know what? Yeah, you're feeling down today. Or, yeah, you've got a cold or, you know, whatever. You've had a bad few days. Um, but you need to give, you know, this next speaking engagement, this next podcast, this next uh, meeting that you have with somebody, your full 100% energy. Because remember, that the, the type of impact that you're trying to make is no longer about you. So, so yeah, so hopefully there'll be something there for anyone who's uh, thinking of, you know, um trying to have a big impact in this world yeah i absolutely love that and what you're trying to do is more about other people than yourself it's yeah. more than about just winston and i really love that and the whole unleashing full human potential the reason i resonate with that is again in a different use of words find your voice is that it's basically yeah. a, a similar thing so it's a similar goal and there's a great mind um he's an entrepreneur he's fantastic i'm not sure if you're aware of him naveen Jain, and mm -hmm. i've been following a lot of his work and he said something that really resonated with me. Now, I'm not going to try and say the quote because it's going to sound clumsy as hell and I'm going to absolutely butcher it. But what he was effectively saying is that it's easier to solve bigger problems than smaller ones. So, for instance, yourself, one billion. Now, to most people, that's like a big number. I'm sitting here and I'm thinking you can actually do this because I'm like, you've got an authentic story. You have admitted your vulnerabilities. You've then tried to improve on them. So you're, you're growing, you're growing. We also have social media, which is an incredible tool where you can be a catalyst within a few days and also when people start to get behind someone and they they buy into their story or they believe the authenticity of somebody like yourself it's a lot easier to get traction that way so what you're almost trying to do is tap into that big arena in terms of being a global influence and i think um more power to you and hopefully we can get behind you as well and, and it's really exciting to see your journey grow because it's grown even in the last two months and i'm looking forward to it i'm really looking forward to it it's fantastic yeah no, no i appreciate that and um and it's one of those goals that you don't even mind if you don't hit the exact mm, number of course you get it? <laughs> it's like if you know if we were to fast forward and you know i don't know like 60 years and I'm now in my 80s or 90s and, you know, I'm, I'm on my, you know, deathbed and I'm looking back and, and I realise that I've only hit, you know, I don't know, half a billion or even... I think I'll let you off, Winston, if you only hit half a billion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be like, Aaron, is that all right? Can I, can I go to heaven in peace now? Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Again, that's the beautiful thing, isn't it? I mean, it's funny, when I first started this podcast, my aim literally was to get like a couple of thousand listens over the first 12 months. And it literally exploded in terms of, I got 30,000 in like the first few months. And I was like, whoa, what is actually happening here? Whereas now my next goal, it's probably really, really stupid in terms of, I've just chosen a number like just out of the sky and added a couple of zeros for just the jokes basically. <laughs> and I'm probably not gonna get closer to it, but what it does do though, it, it strives me and it, it drives me. Yet my sole purpose on a daily basis is just to inspire one mind. So I don't overwhelm myself so much with it because I always believe that if you can just change one person's life, that might be the mind that then goes on and sparks the world. And if you've had an influence to that person, that's almost like my job done. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And like I said, half a billion would be good. But I genuinely feel that, you know, we, we could take it a little bit higher, Winston. So I'm looking forward to it, buddy. Brilliant. I appreciate that. So what I want to know now then is obviously you've been through a hell of a lot of physical trauma mm. most of your life, a lot of mental trauma. But now you're in a place where you're fulfilled and... I see you as very successful. I mean, you're a TEDx talker. You've also 
come from acknowledging actually I'm not great at presentations to being very good at presentations. I was watching one of yours on YouTube and you had the crowd laughing within the first few seconds. So <laughs> what's your daily routine like? Because what I want to try and do from this question is try and give people at home who may be struggling just to kind of pick and choose certain parts of successful people's days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. Um, so yeah, so I guess my, my morning routine it's probably my most important routine of the day. So it, I normally dedicate an hour in the morning, um, minimum, to just my own time. And so in that hour, it can include, well, for me, it includes, first of all, reading. So I'll read something for 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. I will do something spiritual. So that could be a prayer. It could be meditation. Um, usually I try to get both in. And then it definitely has to have a form of um, an element of physical activity. Um, so for me, that, you know, just light exercise, stretching. Um, it could even be just blasting some music and just kind of moving to that <laughs> yeah, for absolutely. a good 10 minutes um, just to get the blood pumping. And But the key thing about it is the whole me time thing. So in that hour, I don't want, uh, I don't want to, like, jump on social media um, I don't want to like start reading emails or start stepping into spaces that are going to make me feel distracted or feel like my my time is being invaded. Um, in fact, I won't even talk to anybody in the morning. Uh, luckily, I live alone. so it's. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but I just want to have that me time because I think uh, I was listening to Jay Shetty and he was talking about, you know, he does something similar. He's got his routine in the morning. And again, he talks about just having that digital um detox in the morning is such a key thing and i love his comparison when he says if you get up in the morning and this is something that i used to do and something that i'm sure many people do um even if they don't admit to it but the first thing you do is like pick up the phone and jump on you know social media jump on facebook and what i like about jay shetty's comparison was uh he was saying jumping onto facebook or instagram first thing in the morning is literally like getting up and opening your bedroom door and letting a hundred people walk mm, in. Mm, yeah. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Literally that, because now you're kind of like, you know, looking at, you know, Oh, I posted this picture yesterday. How many comments did they get? You read all the comments. You try to reply to some of them. You're, you're looking at your likes. You're looking at your emails or, you know, did I, did that client accept my proposal? You know, you've got all of these things going on even before you've actually had, any time, any focus on yourself. So you started your day in such a in such a reactive way. And the sad thing is the way you start your day it often sets the tone for how the rest of your day is going to go. Um, so now you're no longer proactive. You're no longer um, taking time to think decisions through. Um, you're actually just responding to, you're firefighting all day. Where instead you want to give yourself that time and space in the morning to focus on yourself first. Um, almost that whole idea of filling your cup Absolutely. up, uh, yeah, so that you can actually then start to serve and to service all the other important things that you need to do throughout the day. So that's so that's a key part of my my uh, my routine. Um, my my day sort of in between morning and evening, it could be completely uh, random. Um, so let's maybe do two an example two examples. So on a speaking day would be um, travel, obviously. Um, if I'm speaking, you know, let's say I'm speaking somewhere uh, in the UK, let's say Birmingham or something, it'd be you know, traveling to get there. Um, I like to get there nice and early, um, get on the stage and have a feel of the stage uh, because I realized it's it's just become part of my routine and a good way of calming myself down um, so that when I do get on the stage for real, when the audience is there, it, it kind of feels familiar. It feels like it's something that I've done before. Uh, which which is a great tip, tip for anyone who who presents, um, and then and then yeah and then so I'll do the conference and then you know do the Q and A's and talk to as many people as I can because often I find actually even more than my talk um, the real the real value happens in the conversations after the talk. Um, so when we go for networking or when we're having like a cup of tea and a slice of cake, <laughs> yeah. conference. Um, or whatever other beverage they're serving. Um, that's when you really have those one-to-ones with people. And then they, because I think a lot of people, and you, you probably relate because you're a presenter, 
um, they're, they're a bit hesitant to, you, you know, you give a talk and then you say, so any questions for me, guys? Um, it, it's, it's, it's very few people will feel comfortable in that scenario to put their hand up. You get a few, but for most people, they'd rather talk to you one-on-one. Um, and so that's why I really value the networking. So whenever somebody books me, I always say, hey, you know what? I, I really want to stick around for networking if I can, um, because I want to then get to answer those specific questions um, and feel like I've given people a, a takeaway that's really um, the pertinent to, to what they're doing. Um, and then kind of finally, um, in the evening again, it'll be getting back and I have a bit of an evening routine as well, but that's a lot simpler. Um, so it's just like half an hour before bed. Again, it's digital, um, switch off basically. Um, and for me, what I find reading a book, uh, when I read in the evening, I'm not so much reading to like learn something. I'm le- reading to wind down. You still learn something in the process because if you're reading a good book, right? Absolutely. Um, but for me, it's, it, it, I just find it as a way of soothing my, my mind and almost telling myself that, you know, now we're, we're getting ready for bed. So relax. So that'll be on a speaking day. And then on the other hand, if it wasn't a speaking day, then I tend to mostly work from home. And that'll be, so this will be like the, the boring side of entrepreneurship. <laughs> yeah. For, for everyone who thinks entrepreneurship is super sexy. Uh, it's not always. Um, so that'll be the admin, the email, the, um, the following up with clients, the creating proposals, the marketing, the deciding what we need to post on social media to to engage with uh, followers and also to attract the kind of people that we want to work with. So, so that'll be sort of two typical examples. That's fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. So there's a couple of things, again, I want to point out. So obviously yeah. most humans are, you know, we're creatures of habit. The reason I ask this is because I want people to reflect on their own routine and their own journey. So sometimes we may sit there and we may think, why am I getting to where I want to go? And sometimes it could just be we're doing stuff the wrong way. So one of the things there that you pointed out, which was the digital detox, I think that's something we can all definitely implement. We all know the benefits of it. And I'm going to put my hands up here and it's taken me until this Saturday to actually do that for the first time ever. So (laughs) I've heard it before. And sometimes, like you said, it can break my day or it can actually make my day. So I've kind of took that away now so literally this morning I've done four days in a row so I'm very proud of myself I came nice. into to a different room and I meditated I and mean, it's something that I'm trying to do it's something new to me I did 10 minutes of meditation I then journaled for about five ten minutes just literally dumped mm. my thoughts and then it was okay straight to the gym so mm-hmm. similar to yourself it's that self-love that me time whereas I was always the person and I got this from my mom where we were always spending our whole lives trying to fill other people's cups up so we come from like a family of service and I've seen what it's done to my mom in terms of she, she's ended up with depression and stuff because almost to the point she had nothing left and learning from her like I almost had front row seat on I can still be selfless but I can still have a selfish element as well if that makes yep. sense. So it's yep. kind of finding that balance. So I always say one hour is only 4% of the day. So I use that yep. one hour and that's for me. And then at least then if life, you know, how life hits you sometimes and you get all these random emails, people pulling out of deals or whatever goes on basically, mm-hmm. I-, I feel ready for it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I feel a lot more resilient. Yeah, it's actually, that's a really good point because I think when you have that time for yourself, um, it is for me one of the keys for building resilience. Mm. Well, so, so you you actually find yourself more prepared for that bad day if it happens, um, because you're not going to have a good day every day. And, and you know, just because you've done your meditation and you've journaled, it doesn't guarantee a good day. Absolutely. Um, but what it guarantees is that you're more prepared and you're more you're less reactive to things because you know you've already started the day in control. And so when you know somebody pulls out of that deal. You know, it's still a blow, but you remain in control. You know, you're you're, you're thinking of ways to recover as mm. opposed to actually dwelling in that initial emotional, you know, bad feeling that you get when things go wrong. Absolutely, beautifully put. It doesn't guarantee the day is going to be good, but it makes you more prepared and less reactive. I absolutely love that how you just said that. I mean, I'm kind of overhyping meditation within four days because I'm really excited about it, to be honest. And I'm kind of, <laughs> but at the same time, I feel like I can't preach about it because I've only just started it myself. But yeah. on the second day of meditation, where I really, I probably had one of my better sessions, we had two deals that I, one had been going on for about 12 months and one was a more recent one, just literally fall out of bed. Normally, being an anxious person, I would have just started mm. feeling low, started feeling down and 
funnily enough, I just kind of thought, okay, and I, I met a Buddhist teacher and she was teaching about happiness being from within rather than external and all of that stuff. And I thought, what I'm going to do is rather than just be like a book junkie or learning stuff for the sake of it, let's actually put that into practice. And I kind of reprogrammed myself. I did like another couple of minutes of meditation and I went down and it was about four hours later and the wife was saying, um, oh, have you had any updates on uh, the deals? And I said, oh yeah, two of them are falling out of bed. And she looked at me, but she didn't look at me in surprise about the deal. She looked at me like, why are you pulling your hair out? <laughs> kind of thing. And it was a beautiful moment. And it was only upon reflection, I was like, wow. So everything you just said there, I mean, that, that's a real life example that literally happened like two days ago. And uh, That's so good. <laughs> it, oh, mate, it's, it's brilliant. And I was, I was thinking like, you almost feel like a superhero, you know, when you look after yourself, like in the morning, like spiritually and physically. So, uh, yeah, I think that's definitely going to give, hopefully the listeners some, at least urge them to like think about themselves a little bit i know we're all busy and we're all trying to you know look mm. after our kids and our families and our bosses and stuff but sometimes we have to come first and that's kind of what i really want to push for so thank yeah. you for sharing that winston i really appreciate it and just moving on then so you've obviously mm. we've spoken a bit about your adversity now in terms of the condition that you've got is that better by the way or is it something that you still need to be mindful of yeah it's um it it's actually better than it was when i was younger okay. um so remember I said I broke 150 bones by the age of 12. Since then, I've probably only broken another 50. And I mean, well, wow. it's still a lot, but compared to the <laughs> yeah, first absolutely. Bonus... <laughs> you say only 50 and I'm sitting there like, ouch. Wow. Yeah, but it's like 12, I'm sorry, 150 in my first 12 years. And then only 50, you know, up to age 30. So it's it's definitely a lot stabler than it was. Um, and... I think also that's to do with, because it's a bone condition and you're still growing into your body at a young age, you haven't really developed that physical resilience yet um, because you, your body hasn't matured. Um, so that's why the, the trauma is a lot higher when you're younger. Um, but yeah, but yeah, in terms of now, you know, it's pretty much under control. And, and also you do a lot more stupid things when you're a child. Um, <laughs> yeah. So hopefully less of those. Yeah, uh, ho- hopefully you're not doing stupid things <laughs> <Yeah>. right now. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully, or, or not as many. Oh, not as many, absolutely. So, obviously, like we said, you, it's almost like you would doubt no choice. You would doubt pretty much, you know, adversity cards, if that's what we want to call them. And you had to kind of build it, even though you'd probably think, oh, I wish I had a break today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> Wrong choice of words there. But basically, what I want to say is, when you're going through that moment now, and say, for instance, you just broken bones, and you're almost at the lowest of the low. Have you got any lessons or something that you remember either saying to yourself or like a perspective change that maybe somebody who now listening to this is going through that kind of situation could maybe take on board? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, there's been a bunch of things and, you know, a lot of good advice that I've received because, you know, first of all, like when when, when I was going through that stuff, all the physical stuff and it was happening a lot and it was becoming a bit, well, it was becoming a bit much really because I was thinking, when is this going to stop? I think first of all is to acknowledge that you know when when trauma happens of any kind you have to give yourself permission to to just feel like crap right you know it, sometimes I, I'm a bit like I raise one eyebrow when I listen to motivational talks where you know the speaker will say you know you can do it <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. Just, yeah. just get on with it and mm. that kind of thing because that's not really acknowledging the pain that you might be in today so I'm I'm a firm believer on I'm not saying dwell in the pain, but definitely acknowledge it. And this could be physical pain. It could be the pain of you know that deal not going through, yeah. right? Um, it it could be the pain of a relationship not working out the way you hoped it would, right? Um, so the first step for me is acknowledgement. Um, but then you almost have to set a a deadline for how long you're gonna let yourself feel that way. Um, because I think the big trap is a lot of people they basically dwell in it for too long. It's like, oh my god, I lost that business deal, and that's the only thing we're going to talk about for the next two months. Right? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it's almost saying, hey, okay, that that uh, thing, that business deal that I really wanted to go through, it didn't, and it's it's true. I'm not happy about it. I feel a bit, you know, down about it. But it's it's literally setting a hard deadline um, and saying, okay, today is, you know, today we're speaking on a Wednesday. I'm going to allow myself to feel like this until Saturday morning. And then that's it. I'm done. 
right? Um, and what you find is when you do that, the, the mind has a funny way of responding because you realize actually even before Saturday, you've already started to process and to find ways of moving beyond that and thinking about new ideas or new business deals or mm, new opportunities. Um, whereas if you let that situation run on um, unchecked, then you just find yourself in this spiral. You know, I know people who've gone through relationship breakups, which are very painful, and I've been there myself. Um, but when you leave that situation unchecked, it could literally turn into something that goes on for years, right? Literally years. Um, so another key thing for me is, so now you've acknowledged it, set that deadline. Um, and then I guess maybe one more thing would be to then put yourself in that environment of people who are crushing it and the things that you want to crush it in. Um, so in your, in your world, that's property. Um, in my world, that's speaking. You know, there'll be other people listening who are, I'm sure there's a lot of entrepreneurs listening. Um, and not even entrepreneurs necessarily. Like, you could be an athlete. You could be a, you know, a flute player. Like, this, this applies to anybody, right? Um, so you put yourself in that environment of world-class flute players <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and literally hang out with them because what, what I found, and I've, I've heard it referred to as almost making sure that you're always one of the dumbest people in the room, basically. Um, and what that does for you is it forces you to up-level because if you're the dumbest person in the room, you don't want to remain the dumbest person in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. At least I don't. Mm. Me neither. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you know, if, if I put myself in a room uh, to use myself, uh, surrounded by speakers who are world class, um, who are traveling, who are doing, you know, 50 to 80 countries a year, um, who are speaking to, you know, audiences in the thousands every time, um, and I'm constantly surrounded by those types of people, um, you can only imagine the conversation, right? It's a different conversation, already, right? Um, it's, um, it's, it's different goals that I need to set myself, right? Um, and I think this is the power of doing that because now you're no longer like looking sideways, but you're actually looking up. Um, and so, and so that combined with, you know, the, the first two steps on how to respond, um, to adversity. I feel that's, that's like a continuous cycle that anyone can implement to continue to grow and up level, um, even when not everything that you try is going to pan out. That's actually gold, exactly what you said there, because that's given people a tangible takeaway. There's literally a three-step process there. What I'm going to do is actually I'll put that in the show notes as well. Um, so the first one is obviously acknowledging it. The second one is putting a deadline on it, giving yourself time, but then making sure there's a strict deadline. And the third one is to put yourself in an environment of where you want to go. I think that's actually quite simple as well when we think about it. So it's not going to be something that you know you need to level up or get another set of skills to do. It's something that we can all take home now. And just on that final note, if there are any flute players listening, please do give us a shout out as well because I really want to see a world-class flute player just on that. <laughs> I've never had that said before. So I think that's probably the best answer I've had actually in terms of adversity because it's given someone literally a three-step process. And when we have steps, um, we number stuff and it's simple. It's very easy for people to just take on. So knowing that now, Winston, and knowing that you've got the resilience, you've got that strength where you can pretty much, anything can come in your way and you're pretty much indestructible. What is your biggest fear? Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Um, so I think my biggest fear is actually now around, because I've, I've, I believe, you know, like we talked about earlier, I believe that I am living my purpose. Um, and, you know, all the goals, all the, all the interactions that I'm having with people, all the relationships that I'm building, um, continue to reinforce that belief. Um, so my biggest fear is almost like, I almost see myself as um, someone who, of course, has been through a lot and has learned a lot of lessons and is now in a space of giving back. But at the same time, on the other side of the coin, I also see myself as my own worst enemy, right? So, you know, because it's, it's almost, I think there's a quote that says, to, to whom much is given, much is expected, or something like that. It's almost like when you realize you have this really powerful purpose and this really powerful thing that you, you need to deliver to the world, then it puts the onus on you not to mess it up, basically. Yeah. <laughs> not, 
not to get lazy, not to get complacent, um, and also not to get distracted by by things that are well, things that are pointless. And just to use a bit more specific example, I mean, this hasn't happened to me yet, um, but you know, if if I do get to that level where I do uh, become world class, I start impacting people all over the world. You know, there are things that come with that as well. Right, there's uh, publicity, if you want to call it that, that, that extra scrutiny, that extra attention, and you've seen it almost with like Hollywood stars, right, mm. who are super talented and and then they become really successful, and then all of a sudden they just fall into like either they're no longer performing in the same way, or they just get into some really destructive habits. I've seen it in sport as well, footballers. You know, you hear you know someone was like the most talented. 16 year old ever and mm. you know they make their debut for a premier league team and then two three years later they're forgotten because you know the fame just got to them or whatever they just couldn't handle whatever was put on their plate so so for me that's almost like the things that i kind of keep my eyes open for and almost focusing on service uh, rather than self and i think that's a good way to summarize it so maintaining the focus on service no matter how my situation change or my, or my profile or anything like that, keeping my, both my eyes on service because when you start to switch back to self, that then lends itself to ego and to all of these destructive things that we're all trying to keep away from. Mm-hmm. Absolutely love that. So the only thing I would change from what you said is when you said, if I get to that level, I will change Sorry, it. when? when yeah, absolutely, when 100% when you get to that level. Uh, I'll, I'll be championing you from here. And another thing you said there, which I, I want to acknowledge you again, is you shared your vulnerability there. So it's going to be, when, when people listen to this, they're going to look at your profile and they're going to see somebody who's speaking on stage and he seems to have it all figured out. Yet what I love is when somebody like yourself, so even myself, I'm, I'm on the Toastmasters journey and I look at you and I'm like, wow, this guy's incredible. Like He's, he's a brilliant speaker. Yet when you just say that you're your own worst enemy and then sometimes you're you're feeling vulnerable, you're feeling scared as well, that gives us hope that actually at any level we operate in, those fears are still going to exist and then yeah. it's just how we basically move forward from there. So it's always reassuring to have people say that because I think when people sit there and say they're not scared of nothing, I think they're yeah. just lying, to be honest. So Yeah, either that or they're not self-aware. Um, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And the final bit on that is the service rather than self. I think that's an absolutely beautiful message as well. And you, we, it's something that I, I'm very, very fortunate. I say one of the best lessons I ever had from my mom was always to just be in service of others. So for me, it, it was always fine. The only problem with that is don't be too much in service that you forget yourself. But again, we've touched on that earlier in the episode. So uh, that's fantastic, Winston. Thank you for that. And on this note, we're going to segue into what I call the fun part of the show. And this part of the show is literally where for the next 60 to 90 seconds, I'm going to ask you as many quick fire round questions as possible. (laughs) So uh, just say the first thing that comes to your head. There's no right or wrong answer. Are you ready? Born ready. (laughs) Fantastic. Okay, we're going to go in three, two, one. If you could abolish one thing in the world, what would it be? Poverty. Your favorite motivational speaker? Jim Rohn. Your favorite superhero? Batman. Why? Because he's a real dude. He doesn't know all these. He uses gadgets and uses his mind as opposed to using all this super strength stuff, which is cheating in my eyes. Do you know what? He's actually my favorite as well, so good answer. What are you secretly good at that nobody knows? Drawing. Your biggest role model? My mom. If you could sit with one person in the world for an hour, who would it be? Guy Wench. What would you like to be remembered for? Authenticity. Your biggest goal this year? Travel to Australia. Your worst mistake? So many to choose from. Oh my god! (laughs) (laughs) Regretting things that I've tried that didn't work out. What's the wisest piece of advice anyone has ever told you? Start before you're ready. If you could relive one day again, what day would it be? My 21st birthday in Amsterdam. I don't know if I can handle it, but I'd (laughs) like to relive it. (laughs) The ability to fly or be invisible? Invisible. The number one thing that annoys you? Judgment. Money or fame? Money. Your proudest moment? TED Talk. Your favourite food? Rice. Simple man. Mmm. Carbs. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Would you rather speak all languages or speak to animals? All languages. What song best describes your life? I want to break free. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I've got the image of the video now in my head. <laughs> and, f- and finally, Winston, if I could grant you one wish today, what would you ask for? I would ask for 
the ability to fill my cup enough so that I can help everybody. Mm, I love that answer. That's the first time I've ever asked that question, so that's a brilliant starting point. I love it. Uh, How did you find that? That was, that was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Good stuff. Good stuff. I always like to mix it up. Generally speaking, most of the conversations they can get quite dark. Obviously, this has been quite a fun one. You know, we've had quite a lot of laughs yeah. in this, but it's just good to get your personality shining through as well on little questions. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No, thank, I, I love that. Thank yeah. you, thank you. Okay, so we're almost coming towards the end of the show now, and one of the questions just before I ask you the final question is about reflection. So knowing everything that you know now, with all your wisdom and everything. If you could go back to a younger Winston and whisper in his ear something, some piece of advice to maybe reassure them in times of uncertainty, what would you say? Good question. Um, I would say, yeah, I would, I'll, I'll talk about change. So for me, if I was to go back, uh, back in time, the thing that I would like to emphasize would be the one thing that's guaranteed in life is change. And the reason that I, I think that would have been important for me to hear was... In those moments when, you know, like I said, with all the injury and all the surgeries and the trauma, I would find myself in a very dark space or going down a rabbit hole because I think this is always going to be my life, right? This is all, this is, it's always going to be like this. In fact, I remember those exact words ringing in my head. It's always going to be like this. Um, but it's not, you know, life is all about change. Whether you're in a good space now, are you in a bad space now? Like change is the only guarantee, right? Um, and so it's more about building those good habits that we talked about, that resilience, that mindset um, to embrace change. That's more important than actually getting fixated and um, stuck in whatever situation that you find yourself in. And I think this is relevant to, you know, whether you're in a happy place or whether you're in a um, in a dark place so embrace change um, because that's actually what's going to allow you to have a longer lasting sense of resilience and happiness such a beautiful answer and I think that feeling of, of a child saying it's always going to be like this and mm. that's probably I reckon everyone listening to this at some stage in their life has had that moment where the world feels like it's falling down on us and it's like how do I get out of this because you can't see the light and just yeah. knowing that sometimes just having that second and just to even if you can just say those words to yourself in that moment it'll just give you that sense of hope and belief just to kind of keep going for another five seconds keep going for another day another moment and then hopefully as time goes on you know time is a great healer and like you said everything changes so fantastic love that and that actually does bring us on to the last question Winston which is a question I always ask all of my guests and it's about legacy so you're going to create an incredible legacy because we're going for one billion people minimum <laughs> but let's minimum, just say yeah. absolutely but just, let's just say in 150 years time science fails to save us all and all that exists is one book and this book is about you the life of winston and on the front it's got the title that you're going to tell me in a few moments but in the back mm -hmm. it's going to tell us all of the weird and wonderful things that you've done all the great things that you've accomplished and what the basic premise of that is is to entice mm -hmm. the person to pick it up and read it so what would that mm -hmm. say <laughs> no pressure uh, yeah no pressure at all <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna add a quote so the back of mine is gonna be a quote yeah which is and it's not it's not a winston quote this mm -hmm. is a quote that you've all heard mm -hmm. and i'm gonna butcher it completely so it, it, it's, <laughs> Go it, it's it. something like uh yeah the people who are crazy enough to think that they can ch change the world are those that actually go ahead and do it something along them lines and the front of the book the title would be delusion mm. because I think I am actually deluded and I think it's a healthy sense of delusion because you're almost prepared to believe something that transcends all of our pre-programmed beliefs, the way we're brought up, the way we're, we're raised to believe, you know, that you need to be brought up in a certain system to be successful, get a job and that kind of thing, which many people relate to. Um, but it's, it's those crazy people, those mm. deluded people who are prepared to color outside the lines and do something different. Um, I believe, well, I would say that because I think I'm one of them, but I believe these are the people who actually are able to have that meaningful impact and meaningful legacy because they they then set a new benchmark for others to follow firstly it was a beautiful message but i actually thought the title was going to be the crazy person 
<laughs> in relation to the back of it. But um, I, I love yeah. that you said that, the healthy yeah. delusion, because one thing I will say is there are probably people listening to this or people out there who are just simply deluded in terms of they do that thing where they think the secret is simply just about wishing for something and then just sitting on your ass all day. Mm. One thing we can just tell from this very, very short interview with yourself is that everywhere you've acknowledged that there's there's an area for growth, you've gone and chased that area. And everything you're doing now, even you mentioned earlier, and I really I took a note of it when you were saying you're trying to surround yourself across people who are better than you in order for you to become world class. And that's absolutely brilliant. And if you have that healthy delusion, but then you're still willing to execute and take action and put yourself around these people, there's no reason why you can't be crazy enough to change the world. So uh, I think that is absolutely a brilliant way to kind of end the show. But before I go, I've started asking this final question, just in case there's something that you maybe wanted to say to the listeners. So is there any questions that you may have wished I asked you today during this interview or a lesson or anything you want to give the listeners uh the only parting word i would say is just start before you're ready mm, that's it yeah start okay. before you're ready um don't wait for all the ducks to get lined up in a row because that day will never come so the question is what is one thing that i can do today mm. to move me closer to that dream life i love that i should end this with a round of applause but i want to <laughs> i want to give you um a chance to connect with the listeners i want to give the listeners a chance to connect with you so what are your social media handles how's the best place for people to contact you but we all have to be mindful not to contact winston during that hour in the morning or that hour at night <laughs> i'm not gonna see it anyway my phone's off <laughs> so what's the best places mate <laughs> Yeah, so probably the easiest thing to do is just go on my website, which is winstonclements.com. And then on the website, it's actually got all my social media links there. So just pick whichever one is appropriate to you. You know, I'd love to hear some opinions, anything that resonated with you. And yeah, I look forward to carrying on the conversation. Fantastic. What I will do is put everything in the show notes. I'll probably separate it just to make it easier. Because there are, yeah, because there's, there's lazy people out there just like myself. So we'll try and make that easy. <laughs> Let's all try and help Winston on his journey in terms of inspiring 1 billion people to really find their potential. Let's help everyone out there try and find their voice. And once again, Winston, I want to sincerely thank you for your time today and for sharing your story. It's been an no, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I love the work that you're doing and uh, I look forward to following you also. Thank you so much. And I want to also thank the listeners as well. Thank you for listening. And remember, this podcast is absolutely free. So all we ask in return is for you to share this with a friend and drop us a five-star review over on iTunes. Have an awesome day.